and it's chapter 1 from verse 15. by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in him, that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Please keep your Bibles open there. Uh, Like I said before, we are in the the middle, really, of uh, a series about what we believe. Uh, That's what the series is called, What We Believe. And we are looking at uh, the fundamental things of this belief called Christianity. And this morning we've, we've landed at this spot on the person of Jesus. The person of Jesus. It's really hard to separate the person of Jesus, of who he is, from what he's done, really, uh, we're going to think more about what he's done next week, but really they're, they're almost two sides of the same coin. But this morning we're just kind of zoning in on that passage that we heard to think about uh, the person of Jesus, who he is, what kind of makeup does he have, what's he made up of, what he's like. So that's what we're going to think about this morning. Keep your Bibles open there. How about we, um, we pray before we look at God's Word? Let's talk to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Word, the Bible. Father, we thank you for... Uh, just this time uh, that we have right now, just to uh, come before you uh, to be still. And Father, we thank you that we have uh, this weekend, this long weekend, just to uh, enjoy space uh, to think more about you. And Father, we pray that as we look at your word this morning now, uh, we'd be changed by it as we think about your son Jesus and who he is and what he's like. We pray, Father, that we'd be changed by that uh, to live lives that honour you and give you praise, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, what is... I'm not sure why that's working. This is going to be hard to do this without this thing. 
Um, so feel free just to chat amongst yourselves there. Please. <laughs> There we go. Okay. Thanks for that. Sorry, this is going to be the third time that I now have to break up conversations, so a triple apology from me. Uh, looks like we're back underway. Um, in thinking about the person of Jesus, please do keep your Bibles open there. Praise God, we have this working for the moment. I wonder what kind of picture you have of Jesus. What's your picture of Jesus, of who he is? of what he's like. We all have pictures of Jesus really in our minds, don't we, when we think of who Jesus is and what he's done. What's your picture of Jesus? We're going to see a couple of pictures of Jesus now that are out there. I wonder if any of these resonate for you. The first one, Buddy Jesus. Buddy Jesus. He's he. He's like, you know, laughs a minute, high-fiving. He's the party guy kind of Jesus. He's the guy that everyone loves, slaps you on the back, has a bit of a laugh. Buddy Jesus. Is that your picture of Jesus? Maybe your picture of Jesus is the effeminate picture of Jesus. You know, the the limp-wristed kind of ladies' man, more of a ladies' man than a bloke's bloke picture of Jesus. There's the warm, peaceful Jesus. I wonder if that's your picture of Jesus. You know, he gives warm cuddles. He's very cuddly and soft and he's very easy to talk to. Very softly spoken, peaceful Jesus. Is that your picture of Jesus? Maybe you've seen this picture of Jesus before. This is kind of like the weak Jesus. You know, Jesus who died and went back up to heaven and couldn't really do anything and now he just sits in heaven kind of thinking about what happened down there on earth. Is that your picture of Jesus? Weak Jesus. Maybe your picture of Jesus is hipster Jesus. Uh, He's got the designer frames, the nicely trimmed beard. Uh, He goes against mainstream society, so whatever mainstream society is doing, he's doing the opposite. Hipster Jesus. Is that your picture of Jesus? Maybe you've seen the warrior Jesus, and that's your picture of Jesus. You know, Jesus who's a warrior, who's a fighter, who's ready to bust open a can of judgment at any point in time. Is that your picture of who Jesus is? We all have pictures of Jesus, don't we? What's your picture of Jesus, of who he is, of what he's like? Now, I'm not sure where it all lands for you this morning. You might be someone here thinking about, all, about Jesus and who he is and what he's like, and you think, well, who is the real Jesus? Who is the true Jesus? And maybe you're wrestling with that at the moment. You're thinking about, who is this guy, Jesus? What's he like? What's he done? Well, it's great that you're here this morning because we're going to turn open to God's Word in just a moment to see the true picture of who Jesus is. Maybe you're someone that has a picture of Jesus in your mind already and that picture has been in your mind for some time now as a Christian. It's a set image of Jesus. Well, it's great that you're here this morning because I wonder if that image, if that picture of Jesus for you has has almost become a little bit distorted over time. It's almost become a little bit smudged in uh, who Jesus is for you and what what he means for you. Uh, It's great that you're here this morning because this morning, as we turn open to God's word, we're going to see a lot of brush strokes in the Bible, the brush strokes that give us uh, the true picture of Jesus, of who he is, of what he's like. So that's what's ahead for us this morning uh, as we look at this part of God's word. 
Now, you'd be pleased to know that discovering the true picture of Jesus, it's been going on uh, for thousands of years. People have been wrestling with this idea of, well, who is Jesus? Who is the true Jesus? Uh, Even at the time that Paul wrote that part of the Bible that we just uh, had read for us, there are people going around there uh, in the church at a place called Colossae. Uh, These people, a bunch of Christians that a guy named Paul was writing to, and there's this teaching going around at the time to say, Jesus... He's just a man. Jesus was just a man. That was the teaching going on even 2,000 years ago. And so that's what was going on. And really, they haven't joined the dots together of who the true Jesus is. They haven't seen the true Jesus. They're just saying Jesus is is just a man. That's all he is. But Paul, as we see, uh, blows that picture out of the water. And this is what he says there. First up, This is the first part of the picture that we see of who Jesus is. This is the first part of the painting of who Jesus is. Paul writes there, the Son, that's Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him And for him, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now, first up, we've got to see here that Jesus is the image of God. Jesus is the image of God. He's the perfect imprint of the invisible God. That's who Paul is saying Jesus is. Uh, Now, you might have heard of um, this saying going around like, when you look at a son or a daughter of someone and you say, man, they are the, the spitting image or the splitting image, the spitting image of, of you, of the, the father or, or the mother. Um, I get that a lot with uh, Evelyn, my two-year-old daughter. People always say, man, she looks exactly like you. She is the splitting image of you. She, she's like the grin, the, the eyes, um, the cheekiness. She is the splitting image. I don't... Of you, I'm not really sure who that's worse for. I think it's probably worse for her um, because it means she probably has a mug like mine, unfortunately. But that's what that means. She, she's a splitting image of me. But the thing with that is, uh, is that Evelyn is in the likeness of me. Uh, she's made in the likeness of me. She's not actually, you know, me. You, you can't really look at Evelyn. I don't think you can anyway. You can't really look at Evelyn and say, oh, yeah, I know exactly what Matt's like. Um, I hope you couldn't do that anyway. Uh, You can't really do that with her. But you see, what Paul is saying for Jesus is that he's not just made in the likeness of God. He is the image of God. He is the image of God. He is God. And really what we learnt uh, a couple of weeks ago about humanity is that we've all been created in the likeness of God. We've been created in God's likeness. But that's, that's us. That's who we are. We have this... Uh, likeness of God, where we uh, enjoy relationship, where we have characteristics of God, these ingrained characteristics of God in us. But for Jesus, he is the image of God. You see, what Paul is saying there is when you look at Jesus, when you see Jesus, it's not that he's in the likeness of God. He's not you know, simply the, the splitting image of God. He is the image of God. He is the image of God. He is God. And Paul goes on to paint this picture of Jesus as fully God. 
He says, you, you, you want to know what God's like? Well, just take a look at Jesus. Take a look at who Jesus is because then you'll see what God is like because Jesus is fully God. Jesus is fully God. And he blows this idea out of the water going around at the time that, that was saying Jesus was just a man. He blows it out of the water, doesn't he? He says that Jesus was there right at the start of creation. In fact, he was the one there creating it all as part of, of the Godhead, of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Jesus was there. It's not that Jesus has been created as, as a, a being, as a created being. He was there at creation. He, he holds it all together. And he blows that picture of Jesus as just a man fully out of the water with that. He goes on to say later on in chapter 2, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives. You see, this is the first part of the picture we see of who Jesus is. This is the first part. Jesus is fully God. He is fully God. I wonder if that's part of the picture for you in thinking about who Jesus is, that he is fully God. I wonder if that's your picture, that this is who Jesus is, that he is fully God. He is the image of God, that when you see Jesus, you see God because Jesus is God. I wonder if that's the first part of the picture for you, that Jesus is God. That what it's saying there is that Jesus isn't just one of the prophets. Uh, he's not just a guy who, who had a message to teach people uh, about God. He's, he's not just that. Sure, he did teach people about God, but he's not just one of the prophets. Uh, he's not just some kind of revolutionary who thought, oh, I've got an, a good idea. I just woke up with a good idea this morning. I'm going to take that idea out into the society and I think I'll die for that idea. Uh, he's not just a revolutionary. Uh, he's not just a, a good moral kind of person who shows us, you know, here's the right way to live, here's the wrong way to live. You see, the picture that we get from Colossians, the picture that we get from this part of the Bible of who Jesus is, is that Jesus is God. Jesus is fully God. Now, I wonder if, if that kind of picture of who Jesus is has become a little bit blurred, has become a little bit fuzzy, a bit smudged even, through time for you. You know, maybe that, that idea that Jesus is fully God has been a bit blurred uh, because you see Jesus there dying on the cross. Now, obviously that's what he did and obviously that's an important thing, but I wonder if we just see Jesus as a man and we forget that, yes, he really is God. Uh, I wonder if that picture of who Jesus is as God becomes a little bit blurred, uh, perhaps a little bit fuzzy, when we get a knock at the door and someone shows you their translation of the Bible that says, well, Jesus, well, he's just a son of God. Uh, he's not the son of God. He's not God. He's just a son of God. I wonder if that's going to affect our picture of who Jesus is as fully God. Uh, I wonder if your picture of Jesus as fully God has become a little bit blurred and a, a little bit smudged because um, we've just kind of lived, lived this Bible sitting on the shelf at home. You know, that simple act of just picking up God's word and, and reading it and reading the words of Jesus and reading about who Jesus is uh, maybe might not happen that often. And so Jesus is fully God. Well, that, that picture of him, it starts becoming a bit blurred and a bit fuzzy. Uh, I've got a question in, in Scripture this week from a girl. We've been looking at 
that question of who is Jesus in Scripture as well. And this girl who always has, you know, really great questions and I'm kind of left there going, oh. Um, she asked one of those stumping questions at Scripture. I kind of thought, oh, man, here we go. This is going to be an interesting thing. Um, you know, just sweat's dripping off. And like, yes, ask the question. And she asked the question, after we've been looking at this um, topic of who is Jesus, she asked the question of, well, hang on a minute. You've said for the last couple of weeks that Jesus is God. You know, we've seen that Jesus has the power over nature because he calmed the storm. We've seen that Jesus was able to heal the sick, heal the, the person with leprosy. We've seen that Jesus uh, brought someone back to life from the dead. You're saying that Jesus is God? And then she goes on, I thought Jesus was just the Son of God. I was like, oh, okay, man. That's a deep question for a girl in year six. Uh, Jesus is God. And the, really the answer there, um, hopefully that I might have kind of just stumbled over um, and came up with, she got me thinking about this like after to make sure that this was right, to say Jesus is God. Really the answer is, is it's a both and. It's not an either or. Jesus is God and Jesus is the Son of God. You know, we heard a few weeks ago now about uh, this thing called the Trinity, the Godhead, that there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, and they're all uh, working as one God, but they're three persons in unison, in one God. Three persons, one God. So really, the answer here is yes. Yes. Good question. (laughs) Yes. Jesus is God, and Jesus is the Son of God. Three persons, one God, that's who Jesus is. He is fully God. And yet, he is the Son of God. It's not to say that he's you know, kind of less God than God the Father. It's not like God the Father has, he's the 100% God. And then we kind of move down to Jesus. And he, well, maybe you know, as the Son of God, he's kind of like 75% God. And then we move even further on down to the Holy Spirit. And because you know, he's kind of this thing that we're just really not sure of. Maybe he's 33% God or something like that. It's not that they're less God. Jesus in that Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Jesus is fully God. That's the first part of the picture. Jesus is fully God. I wonder uh, if that has been lost for you. I wonder if that makes up your part of the picture of who Jesus is. If that's the first part of the picture, uh, what we see in the next part of who Jesus is... What, what we see it makes up the next part of the picture uh, is this in Colossians from verse 21. It says this, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behaviour, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So the second part of the picture, this brush strokes of this part of the Bible of who Jesus is, is that God, uh, sorry, is that Jesus is fully God, but Jesus is fully man. Jesus is fully man. I wonder if you notice just uh, the physical attributes. That's all we want to just zone in on here on those verses 
the physical attributes, that Jesus had a body. And we know that Jesus was a man. We see those pictures of him before. We see you know, the images of him on the, on the cross dying for, up, for us. We know that Jesus is a man. And he experienced all the things of being fully man. Jesus is fully man. He experienced the joy of having a mum and a dad, an earthly mum and an earthly dad. I don't really like that Christmas carol. You know the one that says, um, no crying he makes. Really? He was a baby. Come on. <laughs> Jesus is fully man. Of course he would have been crying. He would have cried when he had a dirty nappy. He would have cried, I'm sure, uh, as he grew up uh, and got older and experienced just some of the things, experienced the pain of this world. Uh, he was a carpenter. When he hit his thumb with a hammer, I'm sure it hurt. <laughs> uh, he experienced the physical things and he experienced the physical things fully as man. So Jesus is fully God and fully man. He enjoyed sharing meals with his closest friends. Uh, he enjoyed having friendship uh, with others. He enjoyed those, the friendship with 12 of his closest mates. He lived in a body. He lived in community with others. Do you get that? Now Jesus, as fully man, lived in a community with other people. As fully God... And fully man, well, as fully God, Jesus came into this world and was fully man. I just want us to pick up on the physical attributes uh, for the moment. We know that from other parts of the Bible that um, Jesus experienced just the same things that we go through. Uh, We know that he was fully man. Uh, He experienced all the things that we experience in this life as well, in this world. Now, he experienced the pain of, of seeing um, others hurt and others in suffering. Uh, he experienced all the other things, all the, the pain and the despair that, that we experience. Uh, he, he experienced the bad stuff that we go through. Uh, he experienced you know, losing a loved one. He was good mates with this guy named Lazarus. And he, he experienced the pain and the sadness of that loss. We're told that he wept. Uh, He experienced grief. Uh, He experienced the feeling of being betrayed by someone that was meant to be his closest mate. He felt that. He felt that as fully man. He he feels the stuff that, that we feel as men and women today. He felt that as fully man. He he felt um temptation. And he was faced with temptation. But yet he didn't cave in to that. He didn't cave in to the despair and didn't cave in to the sadness or the temptation, but yet he experienced it as fully man. Do you see that? Do you see that Jesus dwelt among people, just like you and just like me, in this world? And he experienced all the stuff that we go through in this life. And when he got to that cross, he would have felt the pain. He would have felt the pain of the nails going through his hands. The the nails going through his feet. He would have felt that pain of the crown of thorns placed onto his head, the the spear being shoved into his side. He felt that pain. He was fully man, but yet he was also fully God. 
This is what Paul writes uh, later on in chapter 2, verse 9. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity, that's the fullness of God, lives in bodily form. Lives in bodily form. Fully God, fully man. That's who Jesus is. That's who he is as a person. Uh, I wonder if that is your picture of who Jesus is as fully God and fully human. You know, people have been wrestling with this idea of Jesus being fully God and fully man throughout history, especially in church history. I'm not sure if you can see that. They kind of, back in uh, early, early AD, around the first time of the, of the early Christians in the first church and what happened after the disciples, they were kind of wrestling with the idea, well, how could Jesus be fully God and fully man? Surely something's going to be lost when he crosses that heaven to earth barrier, when God himself comes to earth. And so what they came up with was this, okay, Jesus, one person, he had two natures, but maybe he's human and God kind of mixed together. You know, he's kind of like a big um, pot or something. And he's got like the the, uh, human side and the divine side all mixed in together. Well, then they came to this point and thought, okay, Jesus, one person, maybe he's just one nature. You know, he's becomes the, he becomes the God-man uh, because we can't really say that his divinity is kind of mixed in with his blood of being human. So we'll just call him the God-man. He's kind of like uh, one new nature. Where they've landed, where I think is really helpful from the Bible's picture as well, is this one. Jesus is one person, two natures, fully human, fully divine. They're two separate natures, but yet they're working together as a unit. That's where they've landed in church history and that's really the picture that we get from the Bible. That Jesus is fully God and fully man. Now, I think we've just got to step back there and just think about how incredible that is. Isn't it absolutely incredible that Jesus, as fully God, would live in this world as fully man? That the creator of the whole universe, the one that holds it all together, would come and dwell in this creation, the, the, the thing that he's made. Isn't that just a phenomenal idea? Uh, uh, there's a song in, in The Servant King, it's an old song now, which I, I really love. Uh, those hands that flung stars into space to cruel nails surrendered. Isn't that just a phenomenal picture that we have of who Jesus is as fully God and fully man, of what he's like and what he's done? It's it's the fundamental thing that stands apart from all the other world religions that God himself would come and live amongst his people. Now, he's not some distant God, far off, you know, meditating on the hill. He's not just a prophet. Uh, He's not just a, a good person. But with all that, Jesus is God. Jesus is man. That God himself would come and live and dwell amongst his people with us. I don't know if you've ever seen this uh, TV series called The Undercover Boss. It's where the boss of a company usually comes down into the workplace and they, they check out what it's like and they kind of think, okay, well, I've got to go and see what it's like. The CEO usually comes down to work in the office uh, of just the, you know, the, an office job or something like that in the company. Uh, I watched a little bit of it. And really, when we think of, of who Jesus is, that's what he has done. This, the boss of all has come down to live and dwell amongst us. But he hasn't really you know, struck up 
some ideas. Okay, well, I'm, I'm down on earth now, he thinks. Here are some ways that we can make society better. Uh, here are some ideas that we can um, help out society. Uh, he doesn't really just strike up a conversation either just about you know, the things that will make this earth better. What he does is that he goes to the cross as fully God, as fully man, and he steps into that for you and for me. That's who Jesus is. And that's what he's done for us. I wonder uh, if that is your picture of who Jesus is as fully God and fully man. Now, I think there are some real things that we can see here and learn. We know that Jesus lived in community just like us, as fully God and fully man. Uh, He spoke with purpose about people coming into a relationship with God. Uh, He spoke about through him... uh, there is going to be a new relationship, a relationship with God, a restored relationship with God on offer. That even though because of this broken relationship, because of sin, He is here. And I think we can really learn from that. We can really learn about this is what we need to do in community. We need to hold out Jesus. Now sometimes we might fall into this trap of, well, I need to be Jesus. I need to be the solution for this problem, for these people. But really what we can do is just hold out Jesus in the community. Hold him up in this community for people to see. What we can learn from Jesus as fully God and fully man is that he's been through it all. So you might be someone that's going through an awful time of suffering, of despair. Well, Jesus knows that. Jesus has been through that as fully God, as fully man. He's experienced it. So if you're crying out to God, you can know that uh, he, he knows exactly what you're going through. And he knows that. And so you can cry out to him in confidence. You might be someone that's gone th- going through a physical pain or you know loved ones that are going through physical pain. You can cry out to God because Jesus is fully God, has fully man, experienced it all. Uh, he knows that. Uh, you might be someone that's going through some big temptation at the moment. Jesus, as fully God, as fully man, he experienced that, but he didn't cave into it. He knows what you're going through. We can cry out to God, we can cry out to him knowing that he's experienced this life and all the things in this life. Jesus, fully God, fully man. We're going to watch a clip now just to get us thinking more about who Jesus is and then we'll pray. Okay. Uh, really, it's just the video that, that shows Jesus, who he is, and, and everything that's said about him by this guy. Uh, so it's called Jesus, That's My King. Uh, feel free to go and watch it later on. But I think for now, we, we really need to see that Jesus, as fully God, as fully man, came into this world, lived in this world, experienced it all, all the things that we go through. And why? For this it says here, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. So that's who Jesus is. That's the picture that we have of Jesus. He is fully God. He is fully man. 
Why would this fully God come to earth? Well, to give us relationship with God. And to give us relationship with God that we break because of this pattern of ignoring God, of this pattern that was set up by Adam and Eve, of ignoring God and rejecting him and breaking relationship with him. But yet Jesus, fully God, fully man, lived in this world and now gives us relationship with God. How about we pray and thank God for that and thank God for who Jesus is and what he's done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son Jesus. We thank you uh, that he is fully God. Uh, That's just so phenomenal to think that as fully God he would come and live in this earth amongst people just like us, uh, that he would live uh, as a man, as fully God and as fully man, and he would do that so that we could have relationship with you. Father, we pray that in our community we would hold up that great message of Jesus, uh, that the things that we talk about would be your son and what he's done and who he is. Uh, We pray that people would see that he is the greatest hope and that they could cling to. And Father, we pray that we would live with Jesus as our King. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing to